Yeah, baby, you know what time it is. Now let's get it started. Are you kidding me? Unreal! While our HBCUs are mostly known for an academic rigor, community, they also know how to turn up. Does he have it? I'm hoping we can get more donors than ever and more dollars than ever donated to the Rattler Athletic Fund as part of our 1887 Strikes campaign to really support the student athlete experience. There are a number of things I want to do to enhance the feel and the look of their locker rooms. That's their home base. Provide additional scholarship dollars so that our student athletes can graduate at a faster pace and just really improve the overall experience of Rattler Athletics.
excuse the back of house here. So there we go. I can hear myself now. I think my microphone wasn't picking up. So we'll just we'll go with that today. Y'all have to forgive me. But so again, I, I kept something was wrong. I couldn't hear myself and nothing was picking up. But um, yeah, so quick recap, though, if, if you missed what I said at all, and I'm pretty sure everyone missed it because uh, I couldn't hear myself and I was getting aggravated. But uh, I was talking talk about baby baseball. We lost the series to Alabama State. We're going to be the three seed in the SWAC tournament. And as a three seed, the game is going to be at nine o'clock in the morning on Wednesday. So it's a good opportunity, but the game is going to be on the SWAC Digital Network. And if you noticed, I pointed out SWAC Digital Network is kind of trash. Like It hasn't been updated. And it doesn't seem like even what you just saw right now, when it's like, this is a problem. I'm troubleshooting this lot. Like literally you saw, okay, something's not going right. My speaker is not picking up the sound. I can't hear myself. Um, Not yet, baby. You can eat in a few minutes. Sorry. That's my, my daughter. Daddy cooked. Look, man, we, 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 it's a family operation here, <laughs> but that being stated, like it was not a situation where it looks professional. Like, again, I'm sitting up here fixing and this isn't picking up. This isn't working. I made sure I fixed it. Why is the SWAC's network page three years old? Like that, that, that troubles me. Like, this is what we got. 19. 20 to 2020. I don't think we were in the SWAC at this time. And you still see like the banner hasn't been updated. Yes, great to celebrate that 100 year history. But have it say like 100 plus years. It changed the year. Over 100 years of academic and athletic excellence. The Southwestern Athletic Conference. It's not too difficult. And it's not too hard to be able to fix it. You know, when you see a problem, you fix a problem. Like, such is life. Now, what I was saying about the SWAC tournament, I'm not going to poo-poo on the venue too hard. Like, I ain't going to lie to you. I, I, I kind of, I was confused because it was like buy tickets and everything else. And I thought about it. I, I just, I don't feel like driving to Atlanta right now. It's in the school year. My brother's tired. <laughs> but what I did see is where it's located. It's actually a solid venue. Like, it's a really nice venue. It's going to be played at the Georgia Institute of Technology. For those that are not so inclined, Georgia Tech. Baseball game is going to be at Georgia Tech. And it's actually a pretty nice venue. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I kind of came in at first wanting to kind of down us playing it there. Really, because the website made me annoyed. And it was more of like me being vindictive, less of me trying to be informed and knowledgeable, more of me trying to just have an ax to grind. But then I looked at the facility and I was like, yo, that's kind of nice. 
Like, I ain't even gonna lie, Swag. You might have got this one right as far as venue wise, because I think overlooking Atlanta, your proximity to a lot of your fan base, I think it's a solid hit. I, I'm just, again, I came in with an axe to grind and I, I left with an opinion that they actually might have got that right with the baseball venue. But that doesn't mean my axe ain't sharp. I'm still swinging. Now, <laughs> I would love for the SWAC to consider, and this is something Dr. McClellan talked about, having the SWAC host its tournaments and activities at satellite facilities and at facilities that are within the SWAC's footprint. Part of my issue with having this at Georgia Tech is not so much of us having it at Georgia Tech. It is more so the fact that there are no SWAC schools in the state of Georgia. Meaning, yeah, Atlanta's going to get this money, and yes, it's very accessible to the alumni that are in the Atlanta metropolitan area. Also, you, you know, Huntsville and Montgomery aren't too bad of rides. Tallahassee, I'm, I'm not going to make that ride. It's it's six hours from where I'm at. I'm not going to do that. It's four hours from Tallahassee. I'm, I'm not. Uh, but I'm just being honest about that. But Atlanta is like, major transportation hub flying isn't a problem it's actually pretty solid like when you go back and think about it as much as i had an axe to grind and as much as i came in with the intention of being a jerk so i probably got the facilities right but i still want the conference to force places to bid on it and try to have the events in the states where your teams play because you actually have some pretty solid facilities now some of the problems are a lot of these states, especially in the SWAC's footprint, you got more minor league baseball stadiums than you do like major league. I mean, that's that's almost any place. But you got some really nice minor league stadiums. But the problem is they're minor league stadiums. So then you have to come to finding a place that's not currently being used by a team. Now, my number one place it is being used but avril fetter field in pensacola that's my number one yes it's close to tallahassee but more so i mean the view like i'm just saying like that is one of the most beautiful baseball parks out there like it's got a little bit of that being able to hit the ball into the ocean vibe like it, it's it's beautiful. Like I'm ah, like I'm just saying, me personally, I think that would be a beautiful area, beautiful, beautiful facility. But it's also it's in the swag footprint, even though it's kind of not. Like it, it's right there because it's not far from Tallahassee. It's also not far from Mobile and those places. Like it's actually like a pretty solid venue like if you go look it up online this is the baseball stadium and that is the gulf of mexico like just point it out there that's the baseball stadium and that's the gulf of mexico out there like you were literally hitting home runs into the ocean like i'm just saying if i were looking at that i think that's a selling point now granted they have a minor league baseball team, the Blue Wahoos. So you would have to contend with their schedule. But to me, that was just one of the things I was like, man, and maybe the city of Pensacola might try to bid for it. Like, I, I definitely, we've seen where these cities, like Pensacola sponsors a FAMU event. And hey, bring your team over here and the rest of these teams with you. We will throw you some, some money to have an event here. Now, the other one that I have on my list, and I am completely biased. I'm just saying, why not the ESPN Wide World of Sports baseball facility? It's in Kissimmee, which is pretty much Orlando. Like, it's not Orlando, but for those who ain't from Florida, let's dumb it down. Like, I know how I know how y'all are. I'm from Florida. Like, I can't stand when people are like, oh, you live in Orlando. No. I live near Orlando, but I don't live in Orlando. But for those who aren't from Florida, 
it's Orlando. Now this is, it's in Kissimmee, Orlando. There are no tenants. So you don't have anybody to compete with outside of like AAU and other teams like that. Also, again, this is Disney property and ESPN owns it. So you can already partner with ESPN. So it's less of that, oh crap, we got to bring cameras everywhere. No, it's right here. Like, it's already there. You don't have to use anything. You can use this partnership that you are celebrating having with ESPN to benefit your programs. Like, hey, let's have a watchable product on the ESPN brand of networks because you got some type of deal with ESPN where they can show your content, right? I'm just saying, like, I ain't stealing your thunder yard talk, but I'm just saying that this is what we're going to be sold. That ESPN is this and ESPN is that. Let's have our baseball tournament at ESPN's baseball facilities that don't host a baseball team. We don't have baseball in Orlando. We don't have baseball really close. The closest baseball team to us is Daytona. Maybe Tampa, but yeah. So you, you start thinking... There's no baseball really close, but that is a beautiful facility that is sitting there unused and just use the link that you already have with ESPN. Like you might have additional access to the broadcast stuff. Granted, it's not close to a lot of member schools, but it's a great facility. And again, if you've never been, it is nice. Like that's, Again, these are some Google Google pictures. I didn't pull up my own. I got my own pictures there. My homeboy and I went one time uh, for, for the Braves. But this is the former spring training facility for the Atlanta Braves. I mean, that's an impressive facility. I'm just saying, how would you not, as a SWAC, want to have a facility that is literally a former Major League Baseball facility? at Disney, and it's not so big that it's cavernous. Yeah, it's probably going to swallow your crowd to a certain degree. But it's it's not so bad to where you're just like, oh, man, we just don't belong here. I think it seats about 10,000. So it's, it's going to be a little large for you. But you get the experience of playing at a Major League Baseball-style facility. You get to house your students at the Disney properties. To me, it's a win-win. International Airport. So it's not hard to get to. The flight's not going to be bad. And the hotel prices aren't going to be terrible either. Like, the worst part is going to be transportation. I'm just saying, that might be the worst part of it. But as far as just being transparent about it, it's I think it's pretty solid. I think it would be a good deal as far as, as a fan. And the fan atmosphere, the fan environment would be great. To me, I just, I think that's pretty solid. Again, another technical difficulty. It is what it is. Uh, I was trying to listen to myself. Can't hear. It's cool. Uh, but I think that's probably a solid vi uh, venue. Now, the other one I put on here is more so sentiment sentimental in nature uh, because I am, I'm a historian. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I'm a history buff. And I really feel like Hank Aaron Field if they got their stuff together, could use some consideration. And I think you get it for a song. Like, now the problem is they got some legal issues. But you could potentially get the city to want to pony up and help pay for it. your teams to come there. Like, that's something that you got to kind of start thinking about. Like, this is uh, Hank Aaron Baseball's field. Used to be home with the uh, Mobile Bay Bears and Mobile, Alabama. Again, kind of centrally located. Again, if they got their stuff together. Now, if the city ain't got their stuff together, don't worry about it. Leave that where it is. But this is an example of a city that has a potential venue. Potential. I don't, you know, last I saw, you know, it's kind of some, 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 some problems going on. But this is a potential venue that you could get for little cost in an area that's kind of central to the conference. You got an airport that's close. You got two international airports that are close, I believe, because I want to say Mobile and Pensacola are international airports. But it's in driving distance from Tallahassee. It's driving distance from 
a lot of your schools, actually. You start thinking about it. Alabama State, that's driving distance. Not so much for Alabama A&M, but it's not a terrible ride if you think about it. Um, but I'm just saying, this is a potential venue. Only problem, again, the city's got some issues there. Now, the other one I had up there is Regents Ballpark. That thing is new. It's in Birmingham. I doubt you get that. Now, the last one I had, and again, it's I'm a fan. I'm a fan. But it is the Riverwalk in Montgomery. It's where the Biscuits play. And it's actually where they just had the HBCU World Series, um, the College World Series, where I believe Flomo won. And that's home to, to the Montgomery Biscuits. They're affiliate of the Tampa Bay Rays, my, my Rays. That's a, that's a solid venue. Again, though, you got to contend with Major League Baseball or Minor League Baseball in this case. Then I also had Toyota Field, another one, Minor League Baseball. Now, the last one, though, is in New Orleans. And it used to be called Zephyr Field, but it's called Shrine on Airline. Now, the problem with that is they're trying to make that into like a rug, rugby field. And I feel like they're about to just lean in on that. But it's in New Orleans. Like, New Orleans adjacent. And, yeah, it's it's a it used to be the home of the New Orleans Zephyrs. But, again, you get another event at a former minor league ballpark. And, again, I, I think they're getting away from the whole baseball thing altogether there. But if you can catch them while they're still doing it, another opportunity where you can get a city that maybe wants to bring baseball back or host baseball to host your product. And I think that's some of the out of the box thinking that you need for the conference. Have your baseball tournament in places that are going to want to pay you to have it there, but that are also going to want you there. Because you, you could always look and see like, oh, who has minor league baseball games? Who has a venue that we could use? And I think the Georgia Tech choice was a good one. Like after I kind of got over and got out of my feelings. I looked at it, I was like, that's actually a pretty sweet venue. It's a great location. It's just not in your conference footprint. And honestly, there's only one team in the conference where you might even want to consider having the conference tournament at their baseball facility. And that's a stretch. Like, I mean, unless you're going to get to the point as a conference where you select particular schools to host particular events, kind of like we're doing with track and where the track tournament is at Prairie View, but then go back and funnel additional funds to those schools to do that. I think you're going to have some issues because I think that's a novel idea, like especially for your sports like baseball that don't really produce revenue, but they could generate a little crowd. Have that as one of your centrally located sports. I think Atlanta is a great option. I thought I think having that at Georgia Tech was smart because it's not your facility. You don't really have to keep it up. But I think it's also a bit of negative recruiting because your student athletes are seeing the facilities that they play in. And then they go to Georgia Tech and that thing looks like a minor league baseball stadium. And then they go back to their school and they're like, why? Your, your top athletes are going to see that and they're going to see a disparity. And they're not just going to see a disparity, but they're going to see a disparity within the conference or within not the conference, but within the the sports level. Like they're going to be able to see like. This is how the other half is living. Why am I here? And if they're doing well at your level and they're your ace pitcher, all of a sudden the transfer portal becomes an issue because who's to say that a Stetson or a FIU or. FAU or one of these schools that has better baseball facilities than a lot of you is not going to come here and try to recruit your players. I think that's a very possible outcome. And that's one of the things that I don't like about playing at another college's facilities when you're talking about having your conference tournament, unless it's going to be within your conference's footprint or at one of your member school sites. Like we, I showed you what Georgia Tech facility looks like. Wouldn't it be nice to just, hey, uh, Alabama State, you're you're kind of centrally located. You already have a decent baseball facility. 
how about the conference funnel some additional funds for you to continue to improve your baseball facility to get it to where it seats about two to three thousand because anything above two thousand is too many and then we will have the swag tournament here for so many years so you put some money into alabama state they send some money back to you and i think that's an idea granted you're not going to make gobs of money off the baseball tournament but at the same point all of a sudden you're improving the facilities within the conference and now you got something where it's like no this is a swag member school unless you're going to have it in a minor league ba ballpark again if you could have it in a minor league ballpark i think it's a solid look too but having it from like it is now is not the answer and it's not going to work um that's just me as far as how that goes now uh famu golf and sorry it's the it's that day it's that day we all get those uh but famu golf we had two players that were at the pga championship and uh it was patrick jean pierre and troy stribling and they both served the spotters so that was that was pretty cool uh, I'm gonna try and get I'm gonna try and get them on the show here. I, I reached out a little bit. Um, again, I'm into my school year, so I'm trying to make sure I got everything wrapped up at work. But then hit some of these kids up because we we want to see some things happening here. Now, as far as the football program, look, Coach Simmons, he got us on pins and needles. And uh, let me see, did did he update anything? He got some news for me because. He dropped something a few hours ago, and yeah, it was a mic drop. Literally, not just figuratively. So what he did was, what he dropped on there was, oh, y'all going to be mad about this one. Big news coming out of Rattler Camp soon. Now, if you're not familiar and you're not following family athletics, especially on Twitter, I don't know what happened to Instagram earlier today, but the the Twitter, the Twitter is is still is still there, and Coach Simmons dropped that. Ooh, y'all gonna be mad about this one with the Obama mic drop. It's like okay, what's what's going on now? Now sometimes they give us stuff and it's like oh oh this is juicy. Other times they give it to you like oh that was cool. I, I'm waiting. I'm not gonna hold my breath, but I do have bated breath, as old people would say. And that is exciting. And to me, that shows the power of this program. Like family athletics is just different right now. Like it's it's in a place all in its all in its own, personally. Just, just my my statement. Because I was listening to Ken Clark uh the other day and I appreciate him. Like I, I like what he does for Jackson State. I'm trying to I'm trying to get to some of that myself, set wise. Uh, I see you, brother. But uh, man, I'll be honest, man. I don't know if y'all doing what we doing on social media right now. No problem was there. Yeah, yeah, you had that. But right now, I'm just saying I think Willie Simmons got it. As far as like keeping the fan base engaged, keeping the youth, <laughs> as one of those guys in my church likes to say, engaged. I think family's got that because the fans were getting constant notifications about who's being offered, who's not being offered commitments. Like it's, it's out there and it's, it, it's strategic. Like you definitely have the coaches that are working with these athletes to tell them, Hey, do this, do that, meet this, meet that. Like it's purposeful. And we're, we're seeing that throughout the program right now. Uh, I'm just saying, I don't I don't know who got it better than FAMU right now when it comes to like trying to make some contacts with them. So, um, oh, great question. I don't know though. <laughs> I I can't answer that one. That's not a question I would answer. I don't, I don't play them kind of games. Um, now when it comes to recruiting though, um, y'all know I told y'all it's, it's getting a little slow. Dry it up a little bit, but we got some offers again. Like another look, 
I probably appreciate that too, because it definitely uh it gives a little bit of content to, to keep out there. Now this is Antoine Belgrave show shorter. He's a six foot, 175 pound DB. He said he run a four five eight. I gave him a four five. He's listed as a cornerback and a safety out of Mandarin High School in Jacksonville, 2024 recruit. Now he's a Penn State commit. Y'all know where I'm at with that. Second, it's like, oh, you get Penn State commit. Okay. Um, that that means we probably not gonna get in the first round. Now the second round, I don't know. Now he looks like he got some decent ball skills. Uh, you see, he gets a pick there, and plays a little corner and safety. Uh, but I could definitely see the four, five, eight. It, it looked different. Different ain't always good. Um, but that's again, that's. That's judging by looking at four fours and everything else. Like he's not slow. It's just that you can tell the difference. Uh, but he's got solid ball skills to make up for it. Six foot, 175, 2024. 20, so that means he's coming out this year. That's good size. I wouldn't write him on the board though, but he's athletic. Like, and when I say write him as a board, on the board, I wouldn't say he's committing. If he did commit, I would be pleasantly surprised. But I like him as a safety. I, I think if if he's going to project past this, he is a safety. That, that's that's his go-to right there. He's going to be a safety. Good angle tackle right there. But I like him in coverage. I mean, he, he looks decent. He's looking at the ball. He's tracking. And he takes good angles. Like, that's one thing I, I can appreciate. Like, one of the things we learned, definitely in high school, was how to angle tackle. And it when you cut when you when you cut an angle, it cuts the size of the field down. It makes it easier to tackle someone that you may be behind. And he's wrapping up. Like, that's something else I, I'm enjoying seeing. And I, I appreciate his honesty with that 4-5-8, but he's in there. Hola, El boy. I tell you, it, the whole family, that was my dad calling, the daughter came to the door, the boy comes to the door. Um, okay, everybody. Uh, and this is good competition. This is against Bowles. Uh, Bowles is normally one of the better schools in the state. Um, yeah, I'm leaving it there because I'm not going to be petty. But they normally have a pretty good team. What you're able to see here, like, he's making some tackles from behind. Okay. I think that's a solid offer. We'll see how that works out as far as with Penn State. Uh, definitely looks like, you know, they try to keep that pipeline to the state of Florida. And Jacksonville's been good in Tallahassee. I, I'm just, as a fan, you would. If, you, if you're upset about a player coming to fam that's from Jacksonville, I don't know what your problem is. recruiting like we've been able to get players that i mean i'm just saying like reigns high school in the past couple of years um even mandarin's had some solid offers out there so it's it's going to be interesting to see kind of how this goes going forward uh other guy we had though kevin malone now malone i'm looking forward to see it five nine 165 bigger high school pritchard alabama 2025 guy so you already know he's below six feet so he's already my favorite player <laughs> like my height so I, I, I love him already <laughs> but um i'm just saying like i'm excited to see what he's going to turn into and he's, he's going to end up turning this into a committable offer again five nine not not height not tall but we, we've seen what 5'9 do at FAMU. I mean, the Bishop, Bishop Bonner was not a tall dude, but he was fast. And we're seeing him as a running back here. And I'm telling you, it's just I got Bishop Bonner vibes. I just, you know, I feel like the congregation was saying amen a lot. And then got him his corner here. Again, 5'9 corner. I, I'm not I'm not going crazy about it. And that's not a bias 
I'm short myself. That is just being from a place of honesty. When we have six foot corners all over the place, I like him better right there at running back. And he's running the ball, shows some solid vision. He's able to get away from people. We'll see how that translates against bigger competition, better competition. He's telling y'all to watch this. Let's see what he does. Ooh, one step and cut. I do like these aggressive towards the hole. Like that's something for me as a as a fan of football. I like a running back that's decisive. One step and one cut and go. Like don't sit up there and try to shuffle your feet and do the foot drill and hole. And put your foot in there and go. And I'm seeing a lot of that. He puts his foot down and he goes. Now he does try to bounce to the outside quite a bit, but he's not a big dude. I mean, we're talking 5'9", 165. That's a scat back. That, that's what you see in a Bishop Bonnet, a uh, Chris Thomas when he was at Florida State. Uh, Chris Thomas went to Madison High School. Like you're able to see a small back can be valuable. I mean, Thomas played a long time in the NFL, even after breaking his back, which is crazy. But you're able to see like a small back can get lost in there. And he's got good speed. And if he's got that kind of speed and he can pull away from people, I think you're going to be able to see him potentially turn into something for you. And I, I think that's a recruit that's attainable. Not because of anything else. And he lists himself as a DB and a receiver. But I, I'm just going to say, for me, I think his best position is running back. I, I'm just I'm just saying, five nine one sixty five, or five eight five nine. That that to me is uh, running back level. I mean that is the archetype of some of your receivers though. I mean you look at Jamari Sharid, heck, look at Xavier Smith. Xavier's like five ten, not a huge guy, but man, could work the heck out of the route tree. And it paid off. I mean, we're seeing him in the NFL. So hopefully he's got to be, you know, he gets to make it up there. Now, last one, Cameron Upshaw, local kid, six foot 180 from JP2. And I ain't gonna lie to y'all. When I was in school, JP2 was trash. Uh, JP2 went up. That's a good program. And Tallahassee, he's a 2026 recruit. So it's gonna be some fun to be had there. Now, before we get up out of here, um, we got a few rattlers in the NFL. Like, I was mad about the drafts. I'm not even going to lie to you about that. I was highly frustrated. But I'll say I've, I've come back off of that a little bit. Um, and I'm going to give shout out, uh, credit to Patrick Walker. He writes for DallasCowboys.com. He's a staff writer. Uh, check his article out. It's called Isaiah Land has Dan Quinn excited to get started? And I'm just, I'm, I'm going to sit up here and give Willie Simmons this. One thing I like that I like about Willie Simmons, he, he's going to sell you his product, but he's going to be an honest salesman. And one of the things that Willie Simmons was telling you, me, and anybody else that would listen was that coaches were coming to see Marquise Bell, but because they saw Marquise Bell, they were looking at other athletes. And one of them was Isaiah Land. Now, this is, um, again, this is Patrick Walker. His Isaiah Land has Dan Quinn excited to get started article. Please read it. It's not a long read. Uh, my daughter is the book reader in my house. I'm a magazine newspaper guy. I lose interest real quick. But this is a picture from, them, from him at uh, training camp. And when you go to read the article, it's going to point out that Dan Quinn, who is the Dallas Cowboys defense coordinator, saw Isaiah Land when he was scouting for Marquise Bell. And he's like, who's that dude? And he was like, yo, that dude looks pretty solid. Like, okay. And once he got the attention of Dan Quinn, he kept an eye on Marquise Bell. And one of the things that we're going to see an article of Bob Walker. He's going to point out all of a sudden, yo, fam, you've got something. Like it says Florida AM, not fam, you. And I appreciate that. 
because for those who aren't part of the FAMU community, I almost don't want you calling it FAMU. Not because I don't, not because I feel some type of way, but because some of y'all are going to look it up and might not spell it right. But if it says Florida A&M, there ain't but one of them. There's only one FAMU. But when it comes to just brand recognition, when I say FAMU, it means something different to those people who know. But for those who don't know, if I say that I went to FAMU, you're going to be like, wait, who? Like, if I say I went to Florida A&M University, oh, okay. You know, e even for people who aren't very well versed, you can research a Florida A&M and not get confused at all. And even because if you misspell FAMU and you actually put the T there, you're getting Texas A&M. So whereas, but there's only one FAMU. But the writer is going to go on and he's going to point out that in scouting Marquise Bell, Dan Quinn saw Isaiah Land. And he kept an eye on Isaiah Land because he's like, yo, okay, this guy's putting up some solid numbers. But then he also asked the same question I stated to y'all. Hey, can he play linebacker from defensive end? And if you look at him, like, he looks like a linebacker. He's like 235. He's got good size, but he maintained his quickness. That was one of the great things about Isaiah Lane. He maintained his quickness, and he was able to keep his ability to still be able to track the ball. Like, he's a converted receiver. In high school, Isaiah Lane's a receiver, moves down to the defensive line, and all of a sudden, you know, FAMU was the offer, and he took it. But we're also seeing that now FAMU's getting attention that we didn't have before. We, we weren't getting this much attention from NFL teams. Like now, Dan Quinn is saying, okay, I, I'm going to keep my eye on FAMU. And he goes to the point when you read the article, he asks Marquise Bell. He's like, what kind of player is him? And Marcus Bell's like, that's a dog. You'll see when training camp starts. That that has me, one, to think two things. One, Marquise Bell is highly respected in that Cowboy locker room. Not a shock. But two, he vouched for his teammate. That is momentous. That speaks volumes about the person that not only Isaiah Land is, but that Marquise Bell is. Like, and I've told y'all many a time, I've met Marquise Bell at this point a good, mm, I almost said six, seven, but probably four or five. Every time I've met Marquise Bell, he has been the most humble guy. If I told you, oh, yeah, that guy's in the NFL, you'd be like, nah, not him. Like, he don't, he don't, he don't act cocky or arrogant. Like, nah, he just, He's trying to do what he's trying to do. He don't want no problems. He don't want no smoke. And he ain't trying to, you know, be disrespectful or nothing. He is the one of the nicest guys ever. Same thing for Isaiah Land. Isaiah Land, very personal guy, friendly, good people, good character guys. And those are things that, that translate and resonate. And that's something that when people tell you, hey, leave a legacy or a name where I can vouch for you. That's what you saw. You saw Marquise Bell speak up for somebody that's a good dude, but that's also a great player. And that might make this guy a millionaire. Like, crazy to think about it that way. But Marquise Bell may have helped Isaiah Land make millions. And I think Isaiah Land's going to be a solid linebacker. Do I think he starts? Nah, probably not. Is the room loaded that he's in? Yeah. Yeah. The room's loaded. But I still think you got a shot there, but we're able to see where that FAMU legacy helps somebody else. Like, it's what FAMU does. Like, we always say FAMU lead. Like, it's a family. Like, we, we, we look out for each other, and we do. And in this case, 
we are able to see that Marcus Bell looks out for Isaiah Lane. And when they went to visit and check on the type of player Lane was, he measured up. But then when the coach asked about it, hey, what's this guy like? <laughs> Bell was like, yeah, he's like that. And Marcus Bell's kind of soft-spoken. Like, I'm not going to even, like, try to blow you up on that. Now, the other one here we got, let me see if I can get this. I wanted to be full screen, but look, some of y'all have been asking questions. Where's the X-Men at? Well, the X-Men's in L.A. And um, I'm just saying, look, you look at the coach kind of looking like he ain't supposed to be doing all this. I ain't going to lie, from afar, if you look at, I don't know why, he looks like Bob Hayes a little bit. Just, I could be wrong. That could be the fame you and me. But in that picture, Xavier Smith looks a lot like Bob Hayes. But you're able to see, like, even right here, going over the route tree and, like, just look, y'all. Xavier Smith was my favorite player on the team last year on offense. He really was. I, I, I rode Cyrus Fagan all season. He was that was my guy. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not. And, and honestly, Isaiah Lane's one of my favorites too. It was. It was just I. I had picked Fagan at the beginning of the season because I was trying to be different. Because I already knew I liked Isaiah, but I was like, I'm gonna try to be different. But we had some rattlers in the pros, y'all. And really, that that's what you. That's what you come for. And we also saw where the baseball team, they got a $20,000 check. That's what we want as well. But we're able to see that FAMU as a football program is building a name and a reputation that is now drawing the eyes of NFL talent. And my question is going to become, is FAMU going to become that new program? that does what the Pittsburgh Steelers did. Remember what the Steelers did for HBCU athletics and how many they brought in. Is the Are the Cowboys going to be that to FAMU? To where it's like, hey, I got some more guys down here. You, you We need you to draft them, though. At least get one in the seventh round. Because you, But you already know, half this campus wears Dallas Cowboy blue anyway. Come, come get one. Like, and then how does that affect recruiting? Because we, just, we just saw the other day. I, I forgot to post it and have it ready for y'all. One of the students, he said, I'm going to the NFL from FAMU. That's a different mindset. And that's a different idea. And it's a different thinking. All of a sudden now, because you've had players who got signed out of FAMU that are in the NFL and that NFL teams are looking at, that may help you in recruiting. And you're now able to bring in those three and four-star athletes. I, I'm stretching with four. I know. I said four. I meant, you know what I meant. I, well, you don't know what I meant. I meant higher caliber athletes. Because you have three-star athletes on the team. But can you get them straight out of high school? I think if you do some facilities upgrades and you get some winning, yeah, I think it happens. And I think... Furthermore, the idea to get to that is the Celebration Bowl. All right. we, we've clearly thrown all of our ducks into that row. Like, everything. We, we, we're we all in. We're pot committed to the Celebration Bowl. It's Celebration Bowl or bust because we are trying to cash that check. But I think if we do that, you think if FAMU is able to turn this – into a five-year run of going to the Celebration Bowl, that's $5 million that is being shot into this program. Like, and think what that does as far as facilities and whatnot. Now, I like what Nas Saints said. I look forward to the season just for the HBC, for the former HBCU players. Exactly. Because I ain't gonna lie to y'all. I can't stand the Eagles. And I don't like the Steelers either. But when that boy from South Carolina State be out there, man, I'm cheering for him all day. I don't care what HBCU you went to. If you're in the NFL, you're immediately 
the guy I'm cheering for. I mean, I promise you, I I, oof, I, I don't hate BCU, but them's my rivals. And even when they was beating us, I oh couldn't stand them. Ugh. But when Rasheed Mathis went to Jacksonville, what? I was cheering for him every day, like every game. My homeboy's a Jaguar fan. Oh, yeah, Rasheed Mathis on the roster. He went to Cookman, and I don't care with the HBCU. Like, it's, 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 it's really like that. Like, Aeneas Williams went to Southern. Like, I ain't going to lie. Jerry Rice is never my guy. I was, I'm a Cowboy fan. That's just too much Dallas Cowboy. I mean, he had enough fans. He was good. But, <laughs> but some of the, look, the mother dudes, there. I was there. I met Nate Newton this year. Look, y'all, my chest was like, my chest was so far out. I was like, I got several pictures. I like, and I used to work in this high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I used to work at Jones. Oh, yeah. Come on now. I had to get me a picture with Nate. But that's real. Like, this is really a true statement. I look forward to watching the former HBCU athletes. Like, North Carolina a and when that dude Hicks was playing for y'all, I hated him. We couldn't stop him. That dude would run up and down the field against Fanny and be like, bro, come on. And he went to the 49ers, I'd be cheering for him. Tariq Cohen, when he was with the Bears, cheering for him. He ripped us apart. If you went to an HBCU, I'm pulling for you. That means in life, in business, in anything, you family. And and because of that, I got I got to cheer for you. I got to pull for you. And I'm looking forward to that same thing. I want to see how many of our HBCU athletes make it. Again, as much as I loathe losing to Jackson State, we had beat Jackson State like a decade. I, I I can't I can't even talk trash to Jackson State fans. Like I want to. Like before that 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 first OVC, I, I was talking cash. Man, at the last year, I just. You got that boss. I, I can't say nothing at all. Mom is the word. I, I'm, I'm over here. I'm acting like Jesus. I don't say a mumbling word. Like, how about them tigers? You got that. It's been a decade. <laughs> this year, I'm hoping for some change. Obama style. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, the Detroit Lions, when that man caught on, cheering for him. Miami Dolphins got your boy from Jackson State cheering for him. I can't stand New England Patriots. They got a corner from Jackson State. Again, I, too, look forward to the season just to see the HBCU players. Now, again, selfishly, the Cowboys and the Bucks, those are my teams. But outside of that and just following my teams, all the HBCU players, I'm cheering for you because that, that's what we do. <laughs> I don't I don't know how else to put it. Oh, sorry about that. All right, y'all. Technical and craziness aside, it was a wild Sunday. Like, just not even in sports, in podcasting. Uh, but before we get up out of here, uh, big shout out Herb Seward and the Black Techies. Check them out. Man. All your technological needs. Look, Herb, I got questions. Look, you see it. It started acting stank on me today. Something I ain't doing right. It's on me. Blame the person, not the equipment. So I'm definitely going to do that. Um, HBCU Digital Network. This is home. And as y'all know, man, like, they give me brother opportunity. Uh, ooh, look, I'm going to put this up here. Look, I say, and, and like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Look, I started watching football just because of these boys. That, exactly. I'm not going to, I'm a, I'm a Dallas Cowboy because my mom was a Cowboy, but part of the reason they were Cowboys is because they had fam Ewans on the team. My parents grew up with Bullet Bob Hayes. I grew up with Nate Newton and it's crazy, even though my daughter's not really a football fan in her time, we have two. You have um, Marquise Bell and you also have Isaiah Lane and actually you, you have more um HBCU players than that on that championship Dallas Cowboys because some of y'all don't know uh Jimmy Smith went to Jackson State and he was on that Cowboys roster that first time I don't know if he got a ring for it though but 
he was on there. I still have the football card to this day. So I got a Jimmy Smith Dallas Cowboy football card, not a Jacksonville Jaguars. So, but y'all don't need me to nerd out that much. Dude, it's been an hour. Um, so, but as always, again, big shout out HBCU Digital Network, this home, Herb Sewer Black Techies. And as always, it's going to be fangs up. Yeah, baby, you know what time it is. Now let's get it started. While our HBCUs are mostly known for academic rigor, community, they also know how to turn up. Does he have it?